not afraid of hard work. Going, going through a traumatic experience like that with people, it brings you incredibly close to them and you, you, know, you develop a strong bond. I now know what it takes. This is The Higher The Fewer, a podcast about all things relating to mountains, business, running and life. How's it guys and welcome to the first um, episode of The Higher The Fewer. My first guest today is uh, Rulof Mostert, ultra trail running professional and uh, recently manager at the Gonstor in Cape Town. How are you doing, Rulof? Good. Thanks for having me, brother. Yeah, thanks Appreciate for being it. here. Yeah, thanks for the great run this morning, by the Lucky, way. Very nice. I was lucky. Perfect conditions. Absolutely. I felt it fitting to have you as my first guest on the show, um, as you sparked my enjoyment and passion for the mountains. Um, about two years ago now. It's crazy how time yep. flies. And I thought it would be a good chance just to get your story and get your trajectory. So just in brief, because we'll touch on different elements, give me a basic lead up to how you got to where you are now. Cool, yeah, man. Uh, I do appreciate um, yeah, all, the, all the support. And um, yeah, man, I think it was, it was, it was inevitable you, um, you know, uh, being so close to us down uh, from from the gun store where I work, um, but yeah, before I before I go on um, on a tangent about uh, completely irrelevant stuff. <laughs> so my I don't know I've my journey up to this point. I mean, it's uh, like you mentioned. I mean, the time the time just goes and. Um, yeah, it's been, I think, roughly about six years now. I've been, uh, yeah, just actively pursuing, uh, you know, I mean, perfection's a moving target, but um, I've, I've, been, I've been pursuing that essentially since I uh, got introduced to this incredible sport. But, yeah, so grew up in the northern suburbs, Durbanville. Um, but unfortunately, you know, the in terms of elevation, um, which is which is a key part of of the sport, um, there was one copy. It was uh, it was roughly about 300 meters uh, of of vertical gain, which which wasn't ideal. I used to do like hill reps on there, and you know, wouldn't even come close. I I mean, I usually used to do it after work, so um, I was chasing the sunset all the time trying to fit in, you know, just like a decent amount of training. Anyway, fast forward, um, decided to move to the city about two years ago. Which we'll touch on briefly because I feel that's a really interesting little thing to chat about yes, when you made that yes, move and how you made that move. It's been, yeah, it's, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, but a very colorful one. I've yeah, I mean, I've met some incredible people in the, in the short time I've, I've been here and a lot's happened and uh, immense growth, uh, you know, personally and uh, in, in the sport. But anyway, I digress again. Let me, just, let me just interrupt there and take it back a few steps. What would you say was the catalyst and the point when you had decided that you obviously started running and you ran a bit and what was, at what point did you decide that Okay, this is what I want to do, and this is what I want to sacrifice. This is what the sacrifices I want to make in order to achieve my path. What was that point? So, I think the main, you know, the main sort of how can I say spark for me was in in 2014. I mean, I think I think I'd been running for a just under a year, because 2014 was my first ever trail race, I, I got wind of this event called the UTCT, the Ultra Trail Cape Town in 2014, and um, just checked it out, and there were spots open to be volunteers at the various aid stations. So I volunteered. Um, I was put in charge of an aid station in Hart Bay, and... As the day progressed and I saw the runners coming through, I 
something inside me flipped. So I the was, bug bit at that point. The bug, the bug, the bug bit. I mean, watching guys like, you know, suffering and, you know, just grimacing and just looking, you know, so broken and beaten. I, I, I mean, I was standing there going, I, I can't be behind this aid station table. I need to be the guy on the other end. I need to, I need to run this. I need to race this. And uh, a year later, I entered the event. I got a discount code for, you know, being manning that aid station the next year. I got an entry into the 65K and uh, I podium that. So, Jeez, straight out I the bat. Yeah, I definitely knew then I, I, I had an ability to, you know. You had something a little bit more, something that's some, maybe a little bit of a, a gift that you needed to try and dive yeah, into Yeah, and further. I mean, I'd, I'd come up sort of, I'd, I'd, I'd run a couple of trail series events. Um, I owe a lot to, to you know, the, the summer and winter trail series. It's essentially how I came up. And, um, but it just couldn't, it just didn't offer me that immense physical discomfort that you, you and, and I mean, you know, character building that you get from ultra distance uh, mountain running. Amazing. So I want to speak about a little topic, which we've had the, we've, we've chatted about, chatted about at length and you come from a bit of an interesting past and a bit of an interesting background. You don't have to divulge stuff you don't want to, but if you, can, if you feel comfortable with it and want to talk about some of the yeah. earlier days and what maybe also is one of those fires that, that burns that makes you perform and run and work like you do. Yes, yes. I mean, yes, again, very colorful past. I, I wasn't terribly good at sort of school and, you know, um, not not really a sportsman, um, but I was really good at sort of like jawling and you know smoking, <laughs> drinking. <laughs> I uh, yes, to a point where essentially that that was that was all I did um, after school. Went overseas, just absolutely fucked it up there so hard. Get caught um, up in the whole. Yeah, no, I mean, I I did stuff and. What did you, know, you do? What did people. you do when you went overseas? I mean, I was I went to the UK. I did the whole two year working holiday thing, and then um, yeah, I just just I went from like job to job, you know, just drinking myself, you know, out of jobs constantly. All my mates who went to the UK, um, you know, they they claimed their tax back and they saved money and, you know, this and that. And that. Had a bit of a plan going. Had a bit of a plan. I think I came back with about 300 pounds over the two years I was there. <laughs> and <laughs> I remember like… And a couple habits. The, yes, and a, and, a, and a couple healthy and a very expensive habits. And then um, <laughs> I think it was, it was the weekend that I came back from the UK, um, went to, I don't know, some bar in Camps Bay. That weekend, and I, yeah, I blew that entire three hundred pounds. So yeah, um, and and look, essentially, I'm, I'm, I'm glad in a way. I went, I went through all that, got it out my system at a at an early age. Look, I did start a little late with this running thing uh, at the ripe old age of twenty eight. Yeah, how old are you now, just for our listeners? Thirty four uh, purposes. Yeah, still, still in, in ultra trail running. Still considered a, a lot of life left in the legs. Yes, yes, for sure. Um, and that's, you know, and that that that, that gives me immense peace of mind, um, knowing that you can in in your your early to late thirties still absolutely crush it in the sport if you apply yourself. And I mean, look, it's probably a cliche as old as time itself, that hard work and dedication pays. But here I am. I'm, I'm the product of that. And I mean, it can't be a cliche if every successful sportsman, this is, this is you know, a reoccurring thing throughout any sort of elite uh, realm. I mean, you cannot, <laughs> you can't do anything without immense discipline. I mean, I can attest to that. I've, I've watched your journey, and this brings me to something that I found was quite incredible. Um, was it early 2017 that you decided, I need to, if I'm going to compete and I'm going to run hard in some of our bigger mountains, I need to make the move to the city? And early 2017, you decided that's what you're going to do, but you didn't really have much of a plan. And no, you ended no, up, uh, I had no plan. You ended up at a... 
at a at a backpackers. <laughs> and uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about yes, your time there? Yes. So um, I didn't have much in terms of money. I was. I mean, I've been broke more times than I can, you know, um, ever count or imagine. Um, I don't know. I just got so conditioned to having pretty much nothing that. It was, you know, I mean, for me, living in a hostel was, you know, the best um, and more, uh, you know, how can I say affordable probably option. Um, but yes, yeah, so in 2016, I actually, no, no, when was it? It was during the course of 20, uh, 2017, I actually tried to run full time, <laughs> which was such a ridiculous move. I mean... There's absolutely, even if you are good at the sport, you know, it's not the NBA. You know, you're going to probably make, look, I mean, I obviously didn't get into this game uh, for financial uh, gain at all. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a pure labor of love. I think but, initially, I think initially, but... It's, it's, it's a sport on the rise, for sure, and it's rising pretty fast, but in order to, for it to become a full-time sort of yeah, living, yeah. There's, there's possibly only a handful. I yeah, don't know if I can yeah. count on one hand the people that do it as 100%. Yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 not even, I'm not even close, and I, I feel I've you know, put in so much work. But anyway, so back to um, my move yeah, to move. the city. So anyway, I'm not going to name you know, the place, but... Um, we affectionately called it the Casa. Yeah, Casa del Roach. <laughs> and uh, so, yes, I, I booked myself into uh, Casa del Roach. Uh, and, I, yeah, I lived, I lived there for about nine months. Um, the thing that sort of softened the, I don't know, how can I say, like the abrasiveness of, you know, the, that kind of lifestyle. Look, it wasn't sort of... It wasn't even like a 0.5 star establishment, and I mean I'm talking <laughs> yeah. with all with all I was, respect. I was staying. Look, um, I met some incredible people. I was staying in a dorm room with about eight Ugandans. Um, they were really cool. Uh, we watched soccer together. We cooked together. Um, they were very, you know, very like friendly, awesome guys. I still see some of them uh, in in the city. But anyway, I was I was able to to do what I you know, what I set out to do, and that's spend as much time in these mountains as possible. So from where I lived, it was probably a 2K climb up uh, Batenkant Street. Um, and right, you were right on the mountain? Right to Deer Park. I was there. And, um, you know, for those nine months, you know, I was, I was washing my clothes in a bucket, um, and I was running. I was running every single day. I mean, regardless of the weather. I was out, you know, cruising up Batenkant, and it was just me, no one else, before work every morning. And, you know, in summer, after work as well, uh, it, was, it was about a K for me to get to work. So I would I'd sort of push the training as far as I could. And then, you know, I'd even arrive at work still sweating from from the session, even after I showered and got changed and everything, um, that's how close I was uh, just to to my training grounds. And um, yes, finally decided that the quality of life wasn't too great. Um, I needed my own space, and I just bit the bullet and uh, moved. Across across the flat rock to uh, the Republic of Heart Bay. Amazing. And um, uh, yes, it's 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 paid immense dividends up to this point because great, I am great training yes. ter terrain there as yeah. well. A bit quiet, peaceful, yeah. away from the city. Yeah. Um, look, it's just a spectacular place. I mean, you, I'm I'm three k's from Constantia Neck. I'm two and a half k's from Chapman's Peak Drive. Carbonkelberg's uh, just there. Cape Town's a 50-minute cycle on the on the one gear. <laughs> on the fixed gear, passing the on oaks the, on their specialized. On, on eh? the fixed gear, yeah. Breaking Dropping the eyes the with the... guys past Bantry Bay bootleggers. <laughs> Breaking the eyes with the swift carbons. But um, 
Buckhoven bootleggers. Hardbase is just an incredible place for, for the outdoorsman. And um, I mean, anyone who, who knows uh, this peninsula knows that the cycling fraternity is immense, you know, the further south you go. And I, I feel incredibly privileged to be able to, you know, count myself as one of those Republicans at the moment. So just to just to shift shift the discussion over again, you, you mentioned that as a professional athlete, especially in mountain running or, or any form of running really, or non-mainstream sport in South Africa, you can't really earn a living do, doing what you do. And this podcast is is also about like discussing people's not just their running and their time on their mountains and the outdoors area, but it is also about, you know, business, life, work. So tell us a little bit about what you do to, to pay the bills. Um, I know, I, I, and I fortunately know, and I've, and I've seen you also progress in that area quite a bit, but tell us a little bit about the gun store and what impact that's had on your life. Yes. Um... I'm, I consider myself just immensely um, fortunate to be a part of uh, Gone Outdoor Supply. Um, in, I think, near the end of 2017, I, I was looking, I mean, I was looking after houses every, every now and then to sort of, you know, make money and keep myself alive. Um, I also was in the middle of planning a charity run from George, uh, the Nelson Mandela University in George to Plettenberg Bay. This is the seven passes, this eh? is Yes, this was the seven passes ultra marathon that I spearheaded um, in 2015. I just felt like doing it again. And um, it's an incredible run through the iconic seven passes forestry road to, um, the ski boat club in Plettenberg Bay. I beautiful, think. beautiful area of the in, world. Incredibly beautiful. Like my, my heart lies in the garden roots and um, uh, in, in, in the wake of those uh, devastating fires in uh, 2017, uh, I thought it'd be best uh, to support the um, volunteer firefighters um, by, by running the seven passes. But anyway, before that, um, I sent out a couple mails to running civil running stores in Cape Town. I mean, this is essentially all I do and all I know um, is running. So it was going to be, you know, if if things got really desperate, maybe <laughs> Cape Union Mart or something. <laughs> uh, but uh, with, no, with no disrespect <laughs> to Cape yeah, Union Mart. No disrespect Great. to the old Cape Union Mart. Great there. business. Yeah, lacquer uh, uh, puffer jackets they got down there. But um, <laughs> so anyway... I'd, um, I'd known about this brand called Patagonia for uh, yeah, a couple years. Um, I've always seen it in sort of the media that I follow uh, alongside North Face, Arcteryx, you know, all these, all these massive um, Outdoors brands. outdoor, outdoor uh, gear brands. And it just popped up on my radar um, that uh, this brand was now being sold in Cape Town. And uh, I did a little bit of digging and... Um, <clears throat> I had a pretty cool race CV. Uh, I don't have a work CV at all, by the way. So you, so you applied yeah. for jobs with a, I, with a race I, CV? I, I applied for <laughs> jobs with my running CV, and um, <laughs> a lot of people were... Maybe um, sent it to got, the trash? Got, got, those, got those automated replies a lot, um, you know, out of office or... Yeah, you know, thank the, you for yeah, your thank email. You, thank you, but, uh, you know, no thank you. But um, so... <laughs> so I sent... I sent Gone Outdoor... Uh, I must also add at this point, like I was, I was in a really, you know, bad spot in terms of is this really, you know, what I what I wanted to do for a living. Um, I come from quite a conservative Afrikaans background, so the pressure to succeed, uh, you know, in in any aspect of your life was always quite high. And um, but anyway, so before. Before the Seven Passes Ultra, um, I got a response from uh, my now colleague, uh, Jillian, who is, uh, who is our retail manager at the Gone Store. Um, they, were, they were full. And um, yeah, if I'm, if I'm ever in town and I do a run, I just, you know, just pop in and come say how's it. So that's what I did. And 
as serendipity had it, uh, one of one of the guys there was was on his way back to Ireland, a boulderer uh, named Dannon. And I got a I got a slot there, Gillian. It was initially as a casual, huh? Yes, yes. Uh, um, initially as a casual, I was just so grateful to just you know uh, get back into a routine and be be able to uh, afford, um, you know, just paying rent. Sustain yourself here in Cape Town. Yeah, not, just, not the easiest city to. Not to, the not to, the easiest city. Yeah, um, I, I tried it. I think two years before, and I. I kept I kept having to move back to Durbanville um, several times just because I just I don't know I just couldn't cut it in the city. But so to make a long story short, I managed to land a position at the Gone Store. Um, at the time, I was still living at Casa del Roach, and um, work wasn't far. I was able to. Just yeah, open the store and close the store. Incredibly convenient, and all, I think all the time. I think what's what's also important to touch on is that you had a, and and this can relate to many areas of life, is that you believed you believed in the company and you believed in the brand and you liked the people that founded it and started it, and you, I guess, you believe in what you are selling and what you go there every day to do. Would you say that is true? Yes, um, I mean. Above and beyond it being a incredibly environmentally conscious brand, um, it is it is a high performance outdoor clothing brand, and essentially what what we do is is sort of a high performance pursuit. So a lot of the gear that we sell, I use um, in 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 my outdoor pursuits. So you know. Chatting to customers and just you know people in general about what we sell, uh, I am incredibly passionate about it because you know it allows me to do what I do, and it allows me to sustain myself and live live in this incredible place. So I've I've got immense uh, respect for. I mean, from from, a, from, does. from an outside perspective, when I look at you inside the store and watch you work, I mean, I can see a direct relation to your dedication that you have in your running career and on the mountains to when you inside that store, you, you, you're, you try and have this pursuit of perfection in everything you do, keeping it how the store looks, how the customers are engaged with, how you open every morning on time, you close never five minutes early. So I love to see how just that fundamental that you have, you can carry through to all the different areas in your life. And where, where do you think that's from? Where, where does that stem from? It's actually like, to be honest, quite a recent thing, recent, probably like, I would say like, like a two years thing. Um, at school, I was notorious for trying to take shortcuts and, um, you know, not really go the extra mile. But bringing it back to uh, ultra running, um, unfortunately, there are no shortcuts in in preparing for, you know, these big races that we do, and I I can attest to to to, you know, the conditioning or or the mental conditioning, uh, you know, it it takes to prep uh, for these for these big events. That actually, I mean, it, it it started just trickling down into my everyday life, and that. That's essentially, you know, it like I metamorphosized into this, you know, this person who, I mean, yeah, just like there's, there's always something more you can do. And then just, you know, going above and beyond is just standard practice for me now. It's, it's, I mean, I didn't, I didn't go and, you know, study this or, you know, it like it wasn't taught to me. It just, it just stemmed from my, the work I put in for for races and just my lifestyle. That's that's amazing. Um, I want to take this time to just have a little break. Thanks for listening. We'll be back shortly. This episode of The Higher the Few is brought to you by Molten Toffee, a place for coffee, art, people, and home of the best toasties in Cape Town. You can find them at 45 Clue Street and at 161 Long Market Street. Now back to the show. 
welcome back, guys. And um, just a reminder, we were here with uh, Rulof Mostert, um, and we have had a bit of a chat about uh, how he's got here to this point and what he does and all that jazz. And now I'd like to move over to your race calendar, how your year has begun and what's in store for the rest of the year. I mean, I know the big focus race at the end of the year, but just give us your build up to that point. Yes. So next month, which will be the month of August, would be exactly a year um, since I got picked up by Robert Henning, my current coach. He owns Pacer Running Coaching. Um, and so myself and Robert have been um, working towards UTCT 100 uh, 2019. That is the main sort of flag on top of the hill at the moment. Um, but so we sort of laid the year out um, across sort of four big events, uh, ultra distance events. So um, Titsikama Ultra is a 60K out on the garden route. I, uh, I held the course record uh, last year, or I set the course record, and um, I definitely wanted to come back this year and defend it, uh, possibly even better my time. So the Titicoma Ultra, the George Mountain Ultra, possibly Bastille 50K and then the 100K UTCT 100. So Titicoma was going to be a, a A race. Uh, George was going to be a B race. Um, Bastille was going to be a B race. And then so UTCT 100 and A race. So two two focus races and then two sort of, uh, you know, just sort of prep prep uh, races. Um, uh, but um, So you went back to Titsi Karma this year to go and defend your sort of your win there last year and how did that turn out? It was, it was a good, it was a good race. I, um, I managed to, I managed to uh, best my, my CR on that course, uh, I think about, by about 20 minutes. Uh, um, but it was, it, was a, it was a strange race. I mean, I, I, felt, I felt somewhat disconnected um, whilst, whilst running. Um, I try and be in the present in these breathtaking places as much as possible, but... Uh, let's, 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 yes, stay on that, uh, let's stay on that topic at the moment because there's a reason why you felt slightly disconnected. And yes. you went through a pretty traumatic incident um, in the lead up to that race. And when I say lead up, I mean literally three days before. <laughs> yes. Uh, many people might have heard of the shooting that happened in Hout Bay in Empire Road. Um, and uh, the article said jogger shot in uh, Hout Can Bay. Can you believe it? And jogger. the first, the first uh, WhatsApp I got, I think, Rulof, you were still in the hospital just as they removed the bullets. And you sent me a picture saying, jogger? I'm not a fucking jogger. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, lighthearted from love, when the incident I started. Love, yeah, I love um, how these how these news agencies puff things up. Um, but anyway, so yes, that's that's Just correct. Go through the, go through the correct, incident man. for us. Um, so I was I was sort of nearing the business end of my training. Um, I was like in the thick of my taper week. Um, it was the morning of the first of May. I remember it was a public holiday, and there was practically no one out. Uh, it was just me. I was going to go and um, meet my colleague, Jillian, for a, a little morning 8K, just a leg loosener before work. And yes, I, I ran down Valley Road, took a right, took a left down Empire, as I always do. Um, you know, it was nothing out of the ordinary. This is in Hart Bay, obviously. This is, this is in Hart Bay, yeah. Um, and yeah, but... Two blocks down the road, uh, a car approached, um, and then yeah, not to go into too many details, but car approached me. Um, I turned, I sort of turned to follow follow it because I mean we were the only two, uh, you know. We, I mean, it was just me and this car at at the time, and then um, yeah, I didn't think much of it. You know, it was like a, a shitty. Uh, broken down car. There's a lot of them in Hart Bay, so I didn't really. Um, 
nothing sparked nothing, you immediately. Nothing, no, no, I mean, yeah, like nothing sparked me immediately. Um, it was it was when they turned around, which I thought, okay, well, you know, that's a little weird. Uh, but um, anyway, I just kept on running, and yeah, I don't know. I noticed I noticed someone running up behind me quite quite fast, and um, I thought that was quite odd. And then when I turned around, it was uh, it, it was a gentleman uh, with like work overalls on, with a bottle of gin in his hand. Still thought nothing major of it, you know. It's a public holiday. The Oaks are obviously still out jawling, and you know. You know, it's a common, I guess, a common thing. Um, it was when the, it was when this gentleman sort of stuck behind, uh, stuck next to me in like a steady trot with me, um, and I mean, he was just carrying a bottle of gin, and I thought that was particularly odd. Um, anyway, he surged surged ahead, um, and then the vehicle sort of pulled up again, about five meters ahead of us. Um, the back door opened. Um, this guy with the gin bottle jumped into the back, and as I approached the driver's see uh, the driver's side of the car, um, a dude just jumped out with the balaclava on, cocked his gun, and uh, yeah, just popped one off into my back for no reason. I mean, like there was there was nothing said. There was nothing. You know, they weren't out to. You weren't me. robbed. I, I, I wasn't robbed. I mean, there wasn't even a word, one word exchange between between us. It was just purely, I think these guys were just out to kill somebody. And yes, Could I was, have been you. yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm incredibly fortunate that, um, I mean, uh, the police, the police seem to think that uh, they, they were using old, old, yeah. am- old ammunition. So, so I'm incredibly lucky that uh, the bullet didn't really do too much damage. I mean, um, they still had to cut the slug out of my body. Um, so you went, so you made it, you, you, you didn't really 100% know you got shot. Uh, I guess there's a little bit yeah, of element yeah, of surprise. Yeah. So you made it to Jill's house. And then you said, I think I've been shot. Uh, you were. You were taken off to hospital. Doctors and everyone said you're extremely lucky. Um, I remember you telling me the story. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. And what blows me away, and then I guess it's another test, another to your, de- uh, to your dedication, is uh, the f- you rested up. And the following was it the following day that you were back in the store, business as usual, just yeah. merchandising the gear. Yeah, I know. I was, um, you know, I was. The thing was like, when when Jillian and her husband took me into their house that morning, um, you know, going going through uh, a traumatic experience like that with people, it brings you incredibly close to them and you you know you 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 develop a strong bond so i guess you know um i was actually scheduled to be off that morning but uh jillian was in the store alone and um this this whole thing affected her uh quite quite heavily as well so i didn't want to i didn't want to leave her alone and you went in bullet wound and all so i just went to work and then like you know, me and her decided for that day we just we're gonna stick together and just uh, yeah, just um, you know try and work through try, it. Just try and work through it the best we could. And um, that's awesome. So so yeah, just to put things into perspective, you were shot, and then uh, you drove up to Tsitsi Karma uh, for the race. You then defended your title and set a new course record, which is phenomenal. Um, yes. I think more. I think people need to know about that because I don't think I don't think much was made of it. Not that you like to create more hype out of things that don't really need to be there, but I think it's important people know how you went there and ran a really strong race. Yeah. Straight after a big traumatic incident. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. And then you took some time off. You relaxed, and then you started another training block, and that was the lead up to the George Mountain Ultra. Another yeah. race that you were defending as well. So tell us a little bit about that race. Yeah. Um, so so Gmut Gmut's also an incredibly special race in uh, well on the calendar, but just just the mountains out in George. I mean, I I've written countless pieces on it for races for you know uh, for for the Gmut guys, um, and I mean. If if anyone's had you know the opportunity to read these uh, um, these race reports that I write, it's just 
the mountains, the Otaniqua Mountains. I mean, it is it is truly to to me. I mean, I've I've had the privilege of many running, mountain yeah, ranges. I've I've had the privilege of running, you know, in and on some of the most incredible mountains. But there's just something about the mountains out in George, um, around the Witfontein Nature Reserve. Um, it's just an incredibly magical place. I mean, I don't, I don't know where else you can get 1,600 meters of vert in about six, seven Ks. It's good. It's, it's like probably some of our biggest mountain running in, uh, that's closest to us here in Cape Town. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, people just blow past George on the N2 on their way to like their holiday destinations along the coast. But if you actually take time, go into George and actually go into those mountains. I mean, the fact that they actually held a race there was to me, you know, it was it was a game changer because I get to do what I love in probably the most amazing place that I've that I've ever ran in. And um, yes, uh, how was your training leading up to that race? Just in brief, did, did it you was, feel so, good? So it was about a month after Titicama. Sort of the um, the whole shooting thing. It still lingered um, a bit, I was, eh? Yeah, I was physically able to race uh, Titicama. Um, I mean, the doctor who pulled the slug out of my back said, listen, if there are medics at the race, just ask them to clean it and dress it. Um, but, you know, other than that, yeah, you, you're good to go. So, I mean, just, just, just you know, manage it. Um, but then the... The PTS. Um, the PTSD. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, PTS, PTSD. Um, it was sort of a slow release. So um, I was still super fired up and uh, positive uh, leading up to Tizikama. But about two, a week to two weeks after that, um, I mean, the anxiety and paranoia was, was, was pretty, pretty considerable. And... Um, yeah, I just had to navigate through that and manage it whilst busy prepping for George. And um, also another sort of unnecessary uh, pressure um, to, you know, defend um, my... Uh, previous year's win. My previous year's win. And, it, was a, uh, it was a tougher field. It was a, a tougher field this year. I think Discovery came on board as, a, as the headline sponsor for it. And that, that brought uh, some, some, some tougher runners than the previous year. And I just must say that I felt the, the sort of the coverage of this race was done really, really well. Like me back in Cape Town, I could see there was, there was a brilliant yeah, online no. presence. And I followed your race quite closely, which doesn't happen often in local races here. You just have to wait and see two days later what the results yeah. are posted somewhere but in this it was live and you had an epic epic duel yes. for a 60 kilometer race to have such a closely fought duel with another runner is is not that heard of it yeah. was a it was a, a war of attrition yeah. it was a it was a proper dogfight uh brendan lombard who 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 showed up i mean he put on an absolute masterclass on the day I, again, man, I like, I went into the race with like just unnecessary pressure I put on myself to, you know, um, retain, retain my uh, course record there. But um, yeah, uh, school was very much in session and um, I tried, uh, I tried my best to sort of, I was constantly closing the gap on him, closing the gap on him, but um Eventually, yeah, I just just didn't have enough in the tank, and um, yeah, second place. Not nothing wrong not with a, that. Yeah, not the desired result. Obviously, not a, not a bad result. But look, um, um, not trying to make any excuses. But look, George is a was a B race from the start. So I think a second place for for B race on the on the training calendar is is great. So I mean, just. Yeah, trying to just move on from that now and focus on... Yeah, two weeks Two weeks from now, you're running your third race of the year and it's yeah. going to be Chocker. Um, a very different race for you. I don't think you usually like to run on beach for 147,000 kilometers. So how are you looking forward to this one and how's your prep been? Yeah, so... So as I mentioned, there were four races this year. I think, I think last year... I, I raced a little too much. 
um, without any real structure. But um, so as I mentioned, so Titsikama was an A, George B, and then it was either going to be Bastille or what, whatever other race came up. But um, I actually got uh, actually got a call from the organizer of um, a race out in Cape St. Francis called the Choka. Um, it's a 60k. There are several other distances, but uh, obviously I'm going to opt for the uh, for the ultra distance. And yes, so um, myself and Robert have been uh, yeah getting ready getting ready for uh, Choka. He's also uh, running it and actually racing it. Um, and yes, so the actually the the increased load in terms of mileage and intensity. Uh, for about a month now, has been has been considerable. I don't think I've ever trained this hard for anything. Yeah, you've been bu- you've been banking what like 100, 120 kilometer weeks back to back to Sta- back. Standard, yeah, standard. Um, and it feels good. I mean, um, I'm in- I'm incredibly fortunate to have you know uh, um, grind grinded through this year relatively uninjured. Um, I mean, I'm a big guy, so uh, everything. Everything I do is under immense strain and pressure, but um, you know, with uh, with my physio Chantal van Royen out in Seapoint, um, her and my coach are actually now sort of working together to try and get the best out of me. I think you, I think you definitely subscribe to the theory of uh, train hard, race easy. Would you say that that's yeah, something yeah. that you've yeah, used? For sure, for sure. Um, look, I'm not. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of hard work. I come from a long line of railway workers and farmers, so that's essentially my my heritage. So, you know, just knuck it, buckling in and you know grinding it out for me is you know so just standard practice. We're we're excited to follow this race coming up. What's the exact date? Uh, it's the 10th of August. Um, it's it's going to be quite a different one for me. Uh, I'm I'm used to a lot of uh, really technical mountain running, but uh, yeah, I mean personally, be, yeah. I couldn't think of anything worse than running it's for a, twenty kilometers <laughs> on beach yeah, sand. Yeah, it's going to be a good eighteen k's of um, it's called uh, the Dune Fields. Um, uh, I think in Afri- well, the, the the Afrikaans name for that section, Santrafir. So um, and like I mean, I'm talking shin deep sand. Um, for about 18k. So no look, knees, gonna, no calves, no ankles it's left. Gonna, it's going to slow the guys down. Um, but last year's last year's winner is... Uh, Defending, um, obviously. Yeah, Mavusi is coming through. Um, incredible runner. Um, he finished third at Gmut and then the next day actually set the new VK um, course, course record. VK as in vertical kilometer. Vertical K at... Um, at uh, at George, so an incredibly strong strong runner, but yeah, um, look, there's going to be some tough quest- questions asked, and uh, I'm I'm definitely going to be prepared enough to you know come up with some answers on the day. So um, big prize purse, and uh, yeah, amazing. A little bit of extra cake in the tank won't uh, <laughs> won't, won't hurt, harm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, that takes us to the last race in the year, and I had the fortune of um, crewing you last year. This was at the UTCT 100, and wow, was it a phenomenal experience. Um, it was an eye-opener. Um, I had incredible fun um, following you around and, and being there at the stops. Um, you had a, a pretty solid performance last year, and obviously this year you're going in to better that. Um, yes. how, how are we looking building up to UTCT, obviously your focus race this year? Yes. So after about, after the last month, um, my coach even, I mean, we, uh, we met for coffee about two weeks ago and just had a little chat. Um, I realize now what it takes. I mean, if you, if you putting in, if you putting in work for a hundred, a hundred, well, 50 K, 100k, 100 milers, you know, 250k multi-day, you know, just incredibly absolute yeah, pain, absolute mileage, pure, um, pure pain. So, I I now know what it takes. I mean, on on Tuesday I ran in probably one of the gnarliest storms I've I've ever just been in. 
let alone run like a 20k tempo run in um but that's that's what it takes you know you five in the morning five in the morning regardless regardless of the conditions i have to be out of there putting in putting in the work and um it's going to be it's going to be 120k a week standard i mean there's this there's possibly going to be some weeks where we're going to be pushing 160 200k's that's uh that's some ridiculous mileage yes, i mean yes, just no. thinking about it, it's crazy but and i that's, mean that's what it takes that's what that's what it's going to take that's for sure um it's nothing's official just yet, but I, I heard you had a chat with the organizers of the race and they said that there could be some surprise big names coming down for this year. Yes. Uh, Francois de Henne being one of them, yeah. three-time UTMB Incredible champion. Yeah. Um, who else? Who else are some of the names that you're going to be butting heads with? Look, um, obviously off the record as I guess yeah. nothing's been finalized. Yeah. Look... I mean, they're probably going to send um, that Scott Racing Team crew down, a couple guys down, possibly. Um, a yeah, lot I of, witnessed them last year. They really ran a good, a good lot race. Of, a lot of big, you know, a couple, couple of Red Bull uh, athletes coming through. Um, uh, I think his name is Mark or Tom Evans, or I think he came third at uh, Western States this year. Also incredibly driven, focused athlete. Um, I mean, these are some of the best mountain runners in the world. Francho de Hena, I think he's what? three, four times UTMB. Three-time winner, yes. Three-time UTMB winner. And I mean, that is just, just having that uh, on, your, on your resume alone is a cause for concern. But look, you know, I think our Anything secret, can happen on the yeah, back. Look, I think our, our secret weapon, guys are, our local guys are often, they get too caught up in, in, in the European athletes the fact that they come from altitude and they grew up in those mountains and you know they spent their whole lives so people sometimes in, handicap in, themselves when yeah, they don't need to yeah. yeah i mean like look these guys are in winter ski mountaineering in summer when the snow snow melts these guys are out trail running but i think i think our local our, our local knowledge of our our mountains and our trails puts us on on probably a better um gives us a better edge. Um, I mean, you can come with, you know, all your red blood cells and, you know, big mountain quads. And, you know, we are just our local, our local knowledge. I mean, we, we spend, you know, every waking moment either hiking or running, you know, on, on this peninsula. So I just think we'll, we will have a considerable advantage Amazing. Regarding that, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it's that's very exciting, and um, it's uh, I'm happy to say that I'll be crewing you again this year. Um, yeah. And uh, our producer over here, Mike Sims, is going to definitely be jumping on that this year as well. Yeah, it's going to be a goodie. Um, and yeah, it's exciting to it's been exciting to see your year to date. I'm excited to see what we have in store going forward. Looking past this year, give us just really shorthand, like where Rulof sees himself going. Some, some maybe some dream races for you, um, that you that you have on the list that you would like to do, and what we can expect from you in the near future. Yeah, so I'm obviously, obviously building up to eventually racing 100 miles. That is definitely uh, where where I'm going with this. But for now, focusing on sort of 50 to 100K events, um, I feel after last year's UTCT 100, um, if I if I structure my training right and uh, just my lifestyle, um, I'll definitely be able to you know um, make a serious impact on the on the local South African scene. And um, yes, that's what I want to focus on now: just uh, becoming becoming a dominant force at home. At home. And uh, then, you know, hopefully uh, get some backers on board that'll allow me to go and uh, pursue uh, my racing career overseas. Then maybe run a couple of uh, overseas races. Um, obviously, a dream race would be UTMB, um, a big 100-mile uh, race out in France. Um, yeah, uh, I mean... America alone's got, I mean, the guys are racing ultras every weekend. 
um, you know, like it's nothing. So just, uh, you know, just getting exposed to the international running scene and, you know, rubbing shoulders with, you know, like the greatest runners in the world. Doing what you're passionate about. And yeah, I feel the yeah. people that are most successful that I've observed in my short time in business and very short time in running is the people that are passionate about what they do get the results, um, do things for the right reasons and the results come. So you definitely are someone that I would put in that sort of space. And uh, thank you so much for being with us today on the no, first thanks. ever episode. Thank you. Hopefully many more to come and hopefully we have you on again. Um, I would also like to thank Mike Sims, um, who is producing the show and uh, look forward to working with you also going forward, Mikey. And like, uh, yeah, I mean, in closing, would you, any, any thanks you would like to give to supporters along the way yeah. for you? Yeah, I would, um, my, my title sponsor, Buco Trail Running, um, they've, been, they've been a great help in terms of, uh, you know, um, coming to the table uh, financially, um, allowing me to sort of, uh, you know, just, just taking sort of, taking the brunt of just, you know, trying to live and, you know, be, be an athlete, um, you know, pursuing, uh, you know, pursuing this life um, full time. And um, yeah, um, a string of other sponsors, um, uh, Falker, Superbar, um, uh, awesome uh, coffee chain in Cape Town called Molten Toffee. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's several, look. Chantal, the physio. Yeah, look, um, Chantal, Pacer Running Coaching, uh, Morton, uh, all these guys make, just the, make it. The Gun Store's also been a huge part in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, allowing you the sh schedule and the freedom yeah, to, to. I sometimes, I sometimes sort of get lost in the fact that you look, look, I do, I do hold down a nine to five. Um, but it's, it's, it's a place I genuinely love going to every day and just, you know, spending super refreshing to spending hear that. a couple of hours, you know, engaging with, with, uh, people like-minded people, you know, outdoorsmen. Um, and I think, you know, if, if I, if I ever were able to, and I have the privilege of, you know, becoming a full-time professional athlete, I'd still like, I'd still want to hold down a bit of a, um, a routine in terms of, uh, a job, I guess. Um, I mean, I've, I've got a bit of an A-type personality, so um, I, when when left to my own devices, uh, I don't know. I sort of tend to overeat and you know just get up to all kinds of mischief. So um, can safely say that you uh, definitely found a focus here, be it in running and in work. And uh, yeah, I think definitely sort of a role model for a lot of people going forward. And uh, again, thanks for joining us today, my boy. Yeah, yeah. Nice to have thanks you on. Thanks a lot for the Many opportunity. More. Yeah. And thanks everyone for listening to the first episode. Um, please stay tuned for future episodes where our goal is to bring on rad, awesome people that do, th do things from the outdoors world to the business world and just life in general. Um, have, yeah. a, have a lacquer rest of your weekend and chat soon. Mm -hmm.